Hey, this is Phil Yanov with the Tech After Five podcast. And uh, what are we doing here? You know, this is the podcast version of our live events. And what do we mean by that is, you know, we're always here trying to help you, our friends, IT professionals, the community of folks who are around them, uh, be better at what you do. And sometimes that's uh, we're helping you make decisions. Sometimes we're helping you advance your career. Sometimes we're helping you build your business. And today we definitely want to give you some cool set of tricks in order to make sure that in your meetings or even with yourself, you've got some ideas on how to make better decisions. So we're going to introduce you to a framework that's been around a long time. But uh, before I get to all of that, let me introduce my friends here. I've got uh, on our little panel, and I never know, by the way, when for those of you who are watching, whether you're going to see us one at a time or all together. Someone else apparently makes that decision. There are dice rolled in the universe. and uh, But today on my screen, right below me, I see uh, Carol Hamilton. Carol, how are you doing? And welcome. I'm doing great. Thanks. It's always a pleasure to be here. I look forward to it. Thank you. Well, I'm glad that you do, because no, this would be no fun if we weren't having fun. So Agreed. I'm glad we're all together <laughs> on this. And of course, my pal, Scott Pfeiffer, who for me is right here, but is really right there. So yeah, exactly. Hey, Scott. Hey, Phil. Hey, Carol. Hey. Um, are you, Scott, are you all ready to talk about this uh, six thinking hats thing? Yeah, I am. I am. I think it's an interesting concept. It's one of I guess there are several uh, decision quality formats out there, but I like this one. And like you said, it's one you can use in a meeting or it's one you can use by yourself. And there's a sort of a series of how you wear the hats when you're doing it by yourself. But we'll get into that. Yeah. So the idea, that the thing that we want to bring to you, dear friends, is that there's a problem sometimes when we're making decisions uh, and it can be just, again, us talking to ourselves, or it can be us in a room full of people, in that we kind of get the, we get overwhelmed or something like that. I, um, I don't know. I, Carol, let me toss this to you on the front end here. Um, I know that you're, you've been around in leadership groups where people are trying to make decisions. And, you know, sometimes you talk about things happening like groupthink, uh, but sometimes it just seems like there's so many things going on at the same time that I'm, it's hard to trust our ability to synthesize a good answer just because of the mess. Yeah, I think sometimes when things start to go off the rails is if it starts getting personal. Instead of considering the situation and the outcome, people get into now somebody has to have the power to win versus somebody else then therefore needs to lose. I come back to, uh, in fact, Jeff Bezos was just recently quoted as saying, committed, uh, disagree, but committed is one of his go-to phrases when he gets into that situation where there's just all this going on and they, they, they cannot come to consensus. And so what do we do? And he says, you know, at some point, I may make the choice that it's just, these are people I trust. These are people who have an idea we haven't tried yet. I'm going to go into it saying disagree, but committed, and then lean fully into it to see what I could do to help make it a success. And I think that that's an interesting outcome. And then if you back it through these six hats, you've really got a strong shot at at least getting everybody's buy-in and put bringing them all together, which is important because regardless of the decision without buy-in, you're not getting there anyway. Yeah, no, I think that personal thing is not only is it a, a real problem, but we also, this kind of gives you a way to sort of inoculate against that. 
Scott, you probably got some ideas too. I mean, you spend a lot of time helping people make decisions inside of groups. Um, talk to us about some of the things you feel like you see go wrong this might help with. Yeah, I do spend a lot of time doing that. And there are a lot of frameworks for achieving um, what you can call decision quality, which kind of goes back to what Carol was saying. It's humans are really bad at predicting the future. And it's, it's tough to analyze your decisions based on what happens six months or a year later. You don't know if you made a good decision until it pans out, but that's not really true. And I think the goal has to be to make a quality decision and then it, it works or it doesn't. I mean, that's just up to the gods, but uh, the question is how do you make a quality decision and how do you know that the decision you've made has quality? And you do that by having a process and you can use the decision quality process. You can use the six hats process, but it's the idea that we're going to go through a process, a defined process. We're going to have a leader that's going to lead us through that process. In this situation, that's the blue hat guy. And you're going to go through it. And at the end of it, everyone's going to feel good that we may have made a decision that, you know, Carol and I voted and we outvoted Phil but at least Phil knows the decision has quality behind it. We went through all the steps. It wasn't just a red hat decision. It wasn't just a black hat decision. It wasn't just a white hat decision. It was a decision that took all the points of view. And then it's easier to get that. Uh, when I lead groups, I talk about consensus. I talk about commitment, uh, communication, consensus, and change. And so, you know, we've, we've, created a vision that we're all committed to. We all know we're working towards the same goal. That way you can have open communication uh, because you all give each other unconditional positive regard that you're headed towards the same goal. You may have different ways of getting there, but we know we're not uh, heading in different directions. And then once the decision's made by whatever decision-making criteria you have, everyone in the group gets behind it. And that's yeah. the consensus part. Consensus doesn't mean we all agreed with the decision. Consensus means once the decision's made, everyone's 100% in. And nobody right. leaves the room and goes and tells their friend, yeah, we made this decision, but <laughs> I was against it, and it was stupid. Yes, it's off. never going to work. That's gonna, that kills, that kills yeah. partnerships more than anything else. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right by that about that. Now, I won't say that I think this uh, six thinking hats kills the backbiting process, right? That's a that's a different thing. That's commitment in that component, right? But it, you know, I think you know, and we talk about that, and you're kind of reflecting back some of the stuff we've talked about before. But you go in with the unconditional positive regard. You say we're going to have a process, as you talked about. We're going to have this and make quality decision. And again. Deo Valente, right? We don't know what the universe is going to bring upon us, but we're going to make a good decision. We think a quality decision wrapped around this. So that means that we've considered lots of things. And then, uh, you know, to Carol's point, then there will be commitment behind it, right? And the thing is, we understand that we may, in fact, be in a spot where not everybody's got it, but we're going to come to a thing and then we'll just kind of push forward and make sure that everybody says, this is what we agreed to. And we can go to another meeting and we agree on something new, but this is where we are at the moment. This is what we decided we were going to do. So let's talk about this process first. And it is called Six Thinking Hats. 
And uh, it was brought forth by a guy named Edward de Bono. It's been around, I think, 83 or something like that. There's the, the good news is there are lots of books on this. To us today, we are not coming at this as authoritative, uh, certified, six thinking hats, planners. I'm not that. I'm a guy who's read the book and I've had it for a long time. And I have introduced it into some of the thinking and decisions that we've had. And you guys are kind of with me on that idea that we're just kind of kind of walk through and hopefully introduce the audience to it. So if you're a you know, real proponent, uh, if you're someone who's really deep in this, I'm not sure we've got a whole lot for you other than enthusiasm. Uh, but we're someone who's enth we're enthusiastic about it. And we've tried this before. And I've used this in some other situations. So that's where we are. And then want to get all the disclaimers out there in front of this thing because you kind of know what runs. So the idea is that if decision-making processes are complicated and things kind of go wrong for lots of ways, that having some process where we assign people roles and the roles can even shift over the course of as we are deciding what we're going to do, but by having different roles, we kind of make sure that everything should have bubbled up during the process and at least it was on the table, right? So six hats, um, and the so I'm just going to kind of go through them in order, in the order that De Bono presents them uh, as well. So the first one is the white hat. So the idea is that we're going to have someone in. If you can imagine this, I don't. I don't know if anybody actually. No, somebody certainly has made ball caps or hats and stuck these on people in meetings. There's some trainer no, has for sure. <laughs> some trainer has. There's no <laughs> doubt that that has happened, right? Um, mm -hmm. But but because so, they're they're colors and they're colors we don't understand. And I, by the way, we apologize up front for those of you who are colorblind. I don't have trouble figuring that. We'll write the word on it. We want everybody included in this idea. But anyway, there's six hats. First one's the white hat, and the white hat is. The facts, just the facts. This is someone who's kind of digging in to the numbers of this. Scott, you're my uh, analytical type. Talk to me about uh, why this is important and how this kind of goes wrong in some meetings. Well, you you certainly want to, uh, when you're making any decision of any importance, um, you want to be able to look at data, right? And make your decision based on data and based on facts, not just on emotion. Um, and when people are rushing around, this often gets overlooked. If, if you're taking, trying to make a decision too fast, here's the decision. Here's what my gut tells me. Uh, so, you know, you having a, having a red hat gut guy and a yellow hat cheerleader guy, those are easy. Those guys come out of the woodwork, right? And you get, you let yellow and red get together. And it's like, here's my gut. Yeah, this is going to work. Boom. We made the decision. That's not a quality decision. It might work out. Yeah, right. right. Maybe you've got a good gut. Maybe you're just lucky, but you haven't made a quality decision until you've looked at some data. And yeah. usually, whether you're using the red hat, the hat framework or the decision quality framework, that comes kind of in, in the middle. There's steps you take before you gather data because you've got to know what to gather data on. There's got to be some data gathering. And hopefully, if you know in advance what the decision is going to be about, you can assign that data gathering function to someone. You know, I do that a lot. We're going to make a decision about this and I'll say, okay, well, I want you to come with, you know, the financials, you know, you need to have profit and loss statement. You have the current balance sheet, you need to have whatever, or I might say you need to bring a knowledge of who the competitors are or, you know, whatever, depending on what the situation is, you can 
you know what decision you're making, you can assign someone to bring information in and be sort of in charge of that. Right. Yeah, I'm completely with you on that. But so the thing is, as we point out, giving someone and saying, hey, have we considered someone just has said, let's figure out what the numbers are attached to this thing, because it might or might not work, or we might find out we can't afford it. But we, if we never didn't do any research, we don't know any of those things. But if we say to someone, your job is to figure out how to surface the numbers that actually make it this important, that's the white hat's job, right? Sure. So a good example of that is uh, I'm working with people and they're deciding on when we're going to come back into the office for COVID. Right. And there are people who have all kinds of opinions. I need one person at least. And sometimes it has to be me who can say, okay, well, you know, you, you have a feeling that it's getting better. Or you have anecdotes. Or you've watched the news and they say, but, you know, somebody has actually gone to the data sources and can say, here's what the trend line looks like in terms of deaths and hospitalizations and percentage of hospital uh, use in this area and that sort of, somebody's got the facts, not just, we say this all the time, right? The plural of anecdote is not data. That's right. got the facts. Right. But I think I want to put in this before we move forward, because I think so much of our audience is that person who wears that hat is is to remember that the way to be the most effective with data is to call it and curate it appropriately. To make sure that you're bringing in, you can bring in a lot of data, but you may not end up presenting more than, say, three to five really highly relevant points. And that's going to really give you that that respect for wearing that hat, as opposed to the eye rolling. I think a lot of people see when they walk in and say, but here's the facts, here's the data. I think sometimes they get underestimated and certainly underappreciated. And I think sometimes it's because they just needed to be a little bit more edited in which facts they brought, but not because they brought the facts. That is absolutely a critical role. Yeah, it depends on how big a decision you're making, right? I mean, we're not... Right. A lot of decisions, you know, if we're going to make a decision, a big, big decision, like what new product line or which model or whatever, I mean, this may be a decision that takes months and is right. in several meetings. Right. You may have multiple people assigned with various parts of the white hat. You may even bring in subject matter experts that are wearing the white hat temporarily just at one meeting. So, if, you know, you've got small decisions, you've got big decisions that can be made in one meeting, you've got decisions that might have to be made over the course of time in several meetings. And I, I think you're right. right. You know, how much data you bring and how much information you're calling in depends on the size of the decision you're making. And right. if you're the non-data person and you're doing this one-on-one and we're going to be looking at that with the different hats, you're also remembering passion is not enough. Passion shouldn't be driving the, the sole driver of a decision. It's a great place to start. It's important to care why. But if you don't bother to go get the facts, you could really be undermining a, a decision. Yeah. So one last bit, I'm going to pile on on this thing. It's a little bit different, which is that um, – and the white hat is asking us, you're, as the white hat, you're bringing the data forward, but you're not bringing judgment with it, right? Your job is to say, this is what we know. And when someone says, and what does that mean? Your job is not to say what it means. Your job is to say, this is what we know. We will decide what we're going to judge on about that. But I'm just kind of telling you what we know in this nice. moment, right? Uh, so let me take the next two hats. I'm going to present them as a pair. And uh, Carol is going to be our yellow hat person because she is 
this person so much of the time. <laughs> she is natural. She's the positive and optimism. And I'm going to take on the black cat because, man, I don't think anything is going to work, right? I'm, I'm looking for how things are going to fail all the time. Um, but both of these things actually kind of matter, or both of these things actually do matter, right? So there's someone, and as Scott pointed out earlier, the yellow hats typically show up right away, right? There is someone who's got enthusiasm or optimism for a thing. I mean, this is particularly when we're talking about a new path forward, right? This is not usually a response to a thing, but this is us thinking about something newer. There is someone who's the champion for this thing. I think this is a great idea. Let's go on. That's the yellow hat. Brightness and optimism. Carol. Yeah, they're the ones who made proudly. the mess, who, who set up the meeting, right? Yeah, it's, it's, right? And the meeting, by the way, is about three months in advance as, it, as, it, as things stand, right? They woke up one morning and said, oh my God, we have a way to change the world. Let us gather and hear this message that was bequeathed to me during my dreams. Yeah, absolutely. We are the voice of, of course, it's going to work. Of course, we're going to figure it out. Our client is already excited about it. Um, you know, this absolutely, there is this voice in there. The good news about this voice is that this is the voice you're going to need when it gets hard. Once you've made the decision to go forward, this is the voice you want on board. But you're yeah. absolutely right. Without this energy, it usually doesn't get off the ground. But even, but it it can't be the only energy in the room. Despite, although I think it should be. But That's I get right. Oh, nice look at you. <laughs> yeah. So, so, the yellow hat not only set up the meeting; they brought in the drinks. They've got That's the snacks. Right. There's lunch. Right. It's all because the yellow hats made that happen. They but, understand influence. <laughs> yeah, and to your point, you know, bright again, we say this is brightness is optimism. They're the guys that are charging forward. And um, it, when it gets hard, sometimes we have to remind it, why are we doing this? And it was because we saw this future, right? So they're kind of part of that. But again, we're kind of doing this from the decision side, which is on the flip side of this, we've got the black hat. And that that's a, usually, we also, we usually know who this person is in a environment anyway but sometimes you need to push them back a little bit because they you don't want them to overwhelm the meeting but sometimes you need to draw them forward right in that space when you think that hey i'm afraid our optimism might be getting a little bit ahead of us right and i always think it, the black hat for me and another friend pointed this out one time because i was talking about, about how this dude is negative and he said he thinks like a venture capitalist. And he said, he's always looking for what goes wrong in this thing that keeps you from getting to the 10X output. And it is useful to know that in the places or what are the things that might go wrong. I yeah. totally agree. And I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Scott. Often the, um, often the way it goes is the yellow hat leads and then the black hat kind of snipes. <laughs> but the interesting thing about the, Thing we did the other day that disaster casting or whatever we called it is it flips it but you can see those two poles right we're gonna we're gonna give the black hat the lead and he's gonna say what are all the things that can go wrong but then the yellow hat comes in at the end and says but what are the benefits of success and what are the benefits of partial success and i Great. think that key part of the yellow hat's role is not just to be a cheerleader to present the idea it's to it's to say what are the benefits of success and what are the benefits of partial success? Right. The black cat's job is to do what we did there, is to predict the things that reliably can go wrong, analyze the percentage chances of those, and then give the green hats some opportunities to say, well, how can we mitigate and how can we repair? Right. Well, so we I talked about... So we talk about doing this inside of a room. That is one way in which we make decisions. 
But as Carol pointed out, when we free we begin we began this conversation, sometimes we're doing this on our own, right? So it's just us kind of walking through a thing, and we're afraid we didn't consider everything. That's why I want to go back and highlight that one idea that I presented here just a minute ago. If you are going through a decision making process of your own, you may have mentors or advisors or just friends, and you think. I can get him to wear the black hat for me, right? I can get him or I can get her to wear the yellow hat for me. You know, there's sometimes I need, need a cheerleader in what I'm doing, or I might not be considering all the facts. And I need a white hat to do that. So I want to point this out, that this works in a whole variety of situations. You can make it work for you in a variety of situations. Carol, you got the last word. Yeah. So I think the thing about the black hats that there's a clear, there's a distinction for me. There is the black hat that says I am looking for landmines and I am, but I can be convinced through logic. Then there's the black hat cave person, citizens against virtually everything. And, and they're just out to destroy, right? There, there, there is nothing positive in their world and they're seeking to just to, crush any kind of hope or dream. And I think it becomes really important when, especially if you're choosing somebody to wear your black hat, to find somebody that will wear it with respect and honor, as opposed to the curmudgeon who just can't wait to destroy. Because I do think that there are people who will simply create problems where there aren't any. Now that is being said, of course, as a dyed in the wool yellow hat. (laughs) Right. No, no, I get it. And, you know, it's it's not unlike a conversation we'd had outside of this where we talked about sometimes you have to find someone that says no, but is not crushing your spirit, right? They're just saying, I, this is the things you need to think about. And you can decide, you know, and I, I know I've been in that role a couple of times where here are the problems I think you've got. And you can decide they're not problems. You can decide there's something you can climb over, you know, or whatever, but you have to figure that piece out. So we've made it so far. White hat's the numbers, yellow hat's the optimism, black hat is uh, the voice of judgment, right, against this. So let me take the next two as a pair as well. So we've got the red hat who is on, who is all about hunches, right? So what did my gut tell me about this thing? So I think that's a useful kind of role in here is that red hat. And then the green hat says there have got to be alternatives. So now in my new Let's You and Him fight, I've got Carol Hamilton is going to be my red hat who goes off the hunches. And Scott Pfeiffer is going to be the green hat who says, well, wait a second. Did anybody consider the alternatives? Carol, talk to us about this red hat. Well, I think that Scott's already made my case for me, which is that we can't tell what the future is. And sometimes you are going on a hunch. You're going on, I think this is where the market's going. And this whole conversation with COVID, I don't care how many facts we bring together and how many other hats we run this through. In the end, we are still going with a gut intuition that says it's going to be relatively okay for us to go back to work because we don't have a playbook on that. So to me, I think that the the hunches and the feelings need a valid voice to be at the table so that we don't get locked up in the in the black hat's judgment and miss every opportunity. Scott? Yeah, I almost see the red hat and the green hat as the same hat at different points in the decision-making mm-hmm. process. Yeah. So to me, the red hat is early in the process when you're brainstorming ideas, you're coming up with ideas. You, and you're, you're just saying, you know, here's why I think we ought to do it. And maybe you, you identify three different possibilities that you're then going to use your white hat to gather that on and your yellow and black hat are going to tear apart. Then the green hat to me is that same creativity, but at the end of the process, when you say, wait a minute, 
what if we took part of plan A and part of plan B and put them together into a brand new plan and everybody goes, whoa, that's the, that's the decision right there, right? So to me, the green hat is about these sort of uh, alternatives and new ideas after there's been some red, yellow, black analysis and the, the red hat is more of a right up front, here's what my gut tells me, let's go. If the red hat's making the decision at the end, what have you done? <laughs> right? I mean, you're, right. you should be a gut when you've already had data and yellow and when you've had all this analysis and then you just say, ah, screw all that. My gut says, just do this other crazy thing. Yeah. I just look those creative hats just at different points in the process. Yeah. Now, I love this conversation because at some level, this is kind of a Rorschach test for ourselves, right? As we go through and say, oh, well, how do we see all of this stuff? Because, you know, I, I mean, I think all of Scott's points are valid. And I think someone could pop in here and toss both of those on their head. And they'd be right, too, in very interesting ways, right? I mean, right. and that's what I love about this idea is just saying, look, we're trying to get this things figured out. You know, because I see at some level, the green hat says... Well, I mean, you want to do this. Is there some other way to get to your goal without going through all that effort? Is there an easier path to get to that point? I mean, is there, and, and there, I think there are a bunch of things that they could do. So I, you know, to Scott's point, it probably is super valuable at the end, but it's probably useful at the beginning too. It's just say, wait a second, before we go down this path, what else could we be doing? Cause we might spend a bunch of time on this. And I don't know. I love that thing. Now I pitted, the red hat against the white hat really in my head. And all I meant by this is, I feel like the red hat, when we say the red hat is feelings, hunches, intuition, right. some things we can't measure. And I, I mean, I, I, I know I've got great friends, think of Doug Hubbard, who who's manages to measure everything in the world, right? He, he says everything, you can figure out how to measure it some way. But, um, but the red is like, I don't, you know, I'm not sure if this is going to work or not, but I think it could. And this is why I think, and I, you know, I just want to get that out on the table. That's to me kind of the red hat voice, but it, you know, it sounds like we've all got maybe some different idea about what that might be. Well, I think the red hat could also be talking about timing because that's the kind of thing that I don't think you can get from the facts. Is this the right time to go back to the office is a great red hat question. Now you can bring all these things into it, but in the end, there's still going to be some level of gut sense of it's okay now because there aren't any, there is no playbook. So here are the hesitations, you know, here's the history of going back to school. Here's why it's a great way for us to get connected, yellow hat, and all of these things come together. But now we look at the green hat, and I love Scott's point about that, and say, what are the, what are the possibilities? What are the alternatives? And I think that's right. what every school system is doing right now. Certainly every employer is doing right now. What are our choices? Who can we leave home? Who do we bring in? How do we make as many people happy as possible? And how do we keep as many people healthy as possible? Yeah. No, I think that. Go ahead, Scott. The decisions that companies make that you just look at and go, "What were they thinking?" I mean, mm -hmm. because they just create a firestorm of bad feelings among their customers, or they're just politically tone deaf. And you say, "Well, you know, there's a group that made a white hat decision and did not have a red hat anywhere in the room, because <laughs> uh, the red hat really needs to look at it." Um, not just for internal, but external. They need to take that external. What are our customers going to think about this decision? What are, 
What are our vendors going to think about the station? What are our, uh, uh, you know, how's it going to go politically, right? Um, the data may say this is a great decision, but whoa, you know, this is, when you look at it from that point of view, it's terrible. And that's why I think also not just having a red hat in the room helps, but having diversity in your decision-making group helps, right? Uh, All right, because it's different people's hunches. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and different people's idea of how outsiders are going to view your decision, right? If you have all old white guys in the room, you are liable to make a mistake mm -hmm. uh, as far as how outsiders are going to view this decision, unless somebody's really, really good at wearing that red hat. Um, right, right. So yeah, it requires imagination. Intuition of what we should do, but look, going on the outside, looking in and say, how's this decision going to look? How's it going to play? Right. right. And sometimes the best decision factually and financially is the one that just doesn't feel good. And, and that's the one that I think um, when you're trying to make a decision for yourself, that becomes really important. If, because when you're trying to find that why on a, bad, on a hard day and you walk into the decision that already feels bad, you've really set yourself up for a challenge. And so yeah. I think that that's where these, these kinds of dis discernments are so important. Because it really supports you going forward, knowing that especially a big decision, you're going to hit other roadblocks. And how have you set yourself up for the best possible mental status in how you're thinking about it before you even do it? Yeah, we talk about living in accordance with your virtues, right? Living in accordance with your values. It's the red hat that brings that to the table in a decision, especially when you're just doing it yourself, right? Is it, mm -hmm. Does this decision might be a great decision? from all the other hats, but does this decision align with who I want to be and the values that I have? Mm -hmm. And you've got to have that voice. Yeah. No, I, I, the, you know, the more we've, you know, we've been at this conversation a couple of ways now, right? We've done this in other groups as well, but I just love this conversation because it just goes to show there's a framework here. There's something to talk about. And the idea, I think at some level is we're trying to overwhelm our biases, if we can, by bringing, by basically assuming different roles during the decision-making process so that some of our normal decision-making biases don't actually show up, you know, and to Scott's point, you know, if you bring in diversity in this, you'll get some different things. And if Carol's point, you know, if you're going to be, if you're going to be, if you need the champion, that's got to be a voice that's represented in this thing. So I think that's, this is a useful and non-trivial framework and I say that because I think it'd be pretty easy to look out the outside and say, uh, this just looks too woo. And I think there's more to it than that. Uh, let me, so there is one more hat and it's really the meta hat. And this is the blue hat. And the blue hat is here just to keep, the, make sure that the whole process shows up, right? And the thing is, if you decide that this is, uh, you know, if this is the way that you're going to try to use uh, this technique in order to make sure that you're making a quality decision, then somebody has to say, well, let's make sure all the hats were represented represented in the right places at the right times, et cetera. And that's what the blue hat is. The blue hat kind of sits above and says, I need to make sure there's a white hat in the room. Who's going to do that? I need to make sure there's a black hat in the room. Who's going to be the person that pulls back? I need to make sure. So, or, you know, to, like Scott was saying a little bit earlier, that whole hunches feelings thing. If, um, if we are tone deaf to our 
customers are tone deaf to our suppliers, tone deaf to society in this moment, uh, there may well be a penalty to pay. And, you know, we might think what we're doing might even seem pretty reasonable to us, but there might be uh, external stakeholders that the red hat would bring to the table. And the blue hat is just there to make sure that everybody shows up. Yeah, yeah I agree. When I lead strategic planning uh, sessions, I'm the blue hat. Right. Sure, right. And so the blue hat's job is at the beginning, you set the tone and you frame the decision okay framing the decision is a super important part of making a good decision and keeping the meeting on task right so we might say we're going to decide which of these three houses we're going to buy um and how do we frame that decision we will say well there's some parts we're taking for granted so we're going to take for granted that we are in fact going to buy a house we're not going to talk about that at this meeting we've already made that decision and we're not going to talk about beyond the scope of this decision is financing and what bank and, and blah, blah, blah. That's, that's for later. This decision is just about which house. So you frame that decision. You don't want it too tight. You don't want it too far back. You want a nice decision frame. So the blue hat, that's kind of their job. Set the tone. We're going to treat each other with positive regard. Here's what we're here to decide. Here's how we'll know if we're successful. And here's what we're deciding. And then through the process, the blue hat is assigning hats. Right. Uh, when I do it, I generally don't assign a specific hat to a specific person, but I make sure all the voices are heard as we go through the decision. And I may say halfway through, hey, okay, how much revenue comes from that line of business? And I'll ask the guy, ask me that, well, I'm bringing the white hat in the decision. Or I may say, what could go wrong? Or I might say, is there another thing we could do? So I'm asking the group essentially to say, put on the, put on the black hat, put on the red hat, put on the green hat as we go through. And then the blues job at the end is to summarize, get that final buy-in and make a clear commitment to action for everybody to follow. Right. That's the blue hat. Well, and I think it's important whether you're a leader of a team or an entrepreneur to get a sense as to which of these hats is sewn onto your head. Because I think we all come with a natural tendency, as Phil said in the beginning of this. And there are people who lead from that hat. And when I see floundering teams, especially, or even an entrepreneur who's really having trouble getting their business off the ground, I look without thinking about it, and, but I will now, thinking about which hat is missing. Where is, the, where is the missing link here that's keeping this genius from being fully leveraged? And where is the team floundering about? And maybe it's because decisions are being made from just the red hat, or maybe the decision is being held up by just the facts and not getting to drive forward through these other places. And maybe there's a blue hat needed where you just need to bring in a mediator who says, hey, let's make sure that this all gets to heard because somehow somebody's getting drowned out or unrepresented, or they're just not represented at all. One of these hats. Yeah. Harold, as you think about when you do this in meetings, right, as you think about some of the meetings you've been in over the past year or so, or pick whenever, but, you know, you're thinking about where people are making decisions and you think, is there any of those that you can kind of look back and think, oh my gosh, this hat was missing in that time. And what, what impact might have been on something like that? I don't know it's a pop quiz, but maybe you can think about yeah. that. Yeah. 
I think that the people, the green hat is regularly missed. I think that we get into this black and white thinking. And I will tell you, I've actually seen more of this since we've all gone online. Because somehow we're not getting that same thought process timing in a meeting that we used to get where people would say, ah, you know, let's go take a break. Let's go get a cup of coffee and come back and hit this one another way. Now it's, well, we've scheduled this much time from this time to this time. And, and by God, we're going to, you know, come back and make this decision in this moment. And I think that the green hat of saying, okay, we seem to have hit a bit of a wall. Let's all breathe for a moment and see if we can shift our perspective and coming from another direction. That would be my thought. One of my thoughts. I I think when meetings are led by people who are stakeholders, um, like the president of the company is going to lead the meeting. Some of those guys are good at being the blue hat, but most of them aren't. And so you've got the meeting being led by a yellow hat or a red hat. Mm -hmm. Usually one of those two. Um, Occasionally, like if it's the, chief technology officer or something, it might be a white hat led meeting, uh, you know, a justice kind of deal. But um, I think when the meeting is being led by someone who is strongly wearing one of the non blue hats, then things tend to get missed. It tends to be more of a railroading session. Here's where we're going. Uh, so the leader of the meeting, I think it's very important to get it, to get to a quality decision. You have to have the leader of the meeting wearing the blue hat. And when I bring up things during the meeting and I say, have we considered alternatives or have we, uh, you know, have we figured out what's, what could go wrong? I don't tell them those things. I ask them and draw it out. So I'm still wearing the blue hat. I'm just asking them to wear the black hat or I'm asking them to wear the red hat. Um, so I, I just think that to get to decision quality of blue hat decision leader is usually important and it can be the president if he's good at that or she's good at that and some are but you have right. to have or you're going to miss something yeah decisions by title i think are really challenged yeah those are typically pretty bad decisions you often yeah. see that you know the yellow hat person has the decision calls the meeting and it's just basically a a validation session mm-hmm. yes <laughs> aren't everybody over anybody yes. Yes, I brought you all here today to accolade me in my <laughs> new brilliant idea. Yes, I did a week's worth of work in 10 minutes this morning. I want you guys to see how that works out for you. Um, I have yeah, to I think just stomp on that point for a moment because we see so much of this in these virtual meetings where people are coming saying, here's my, here's my presentation. Here's what I'm going to say. We even brought this up with Manfred and they walk in the door with, here's the agenda. Here's the agenda of thought and discussion. And there's no, by the way, I came here to think about what you have to say. So yeah. I'm, I'm off my soapbox now. Yeah, it's a radio, not a not a telephone. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, well said. I'm just going to put everybody on mute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the decision, and then you're going to clap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's how this yeah. is going This is, yeah, I've, I've got the script written. Now, so we brought this up to our friends today. You, our dear listeners, said the idea is that we would give you some tools to help you make better quality decisions. And so uh, I like this, six thinking hats. Um, We're certainly used this in some of the things that we've been working on as well. And I have pulled this up in the past when we had particularly sticky things 
in uh, some of the larger organizations that I've worked with. So I like the idea. I thought it was bring good, useful to kind of bring this back to the surface for you, and maybe you would consider it. Thank you, both uh, Scott and Carol. And uh, let's see here. Let me start with uh, Scott. Scott, thanks. And uh, maybe we should tell people how to find you when they're looking for you and hoping to make better decisions with you. <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn, where I'm just Scott Pfeiffer. And you can email me at strategybusinessconsulting at gmail.com. Yep. And you can't see it, but she's got a yellow hat. But she can help you wear <laughs> all these other hats, um, our friend Carol Hamilton. And you can find me at Hamilton Think Tank, where I, dot com, where I love talking about diversity. That is one of my babies. Or you can find me at LinkedIn at Carol Hamilton Live. Thanks. Awesome. And friends, you can have more of us by hanging out at our Tech After Five events. And we're still doing them. All our events are on the schedule. You can go to techafterfive.com and sign up and join us. And I, quite frankly, I think we're simply getting better and better at these virtual events. So you ought to come learn a little bit with us and make some connections. It's kind of funny. We had a guy talk about us uh, several months back when we were still, on, still doing live events. He said, this is the gold standard of networking events. And I was on his website just recently, and I noticed that he updated it. And he said, it's the gold standard, both live and virtual. He said, still in virtual, this is the gold standard of virtual networking events. Um, we're trying to learn. We want this to be good for you. We want you to make connections. We're getting great stories. We're going to share some of those soon. But uh, for right now, just come join us. Believe me, go to techafter5.com and join one of our events. I am Phil Yanov. You can find me at philyanov.com. Thank you, friends. Mm -hmm.